Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Beef Quality Assurance During the Fall Run. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the Director of Nebraska Beef Quality Assurance, Jesse Fulton, who's also a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. Thanks for joining me today, Jesse. Thanks for having me on today, Aaron. It's great to be here. Well, Jesse, the fall run in many parts of the country started a bit early this year because of drought conditions, but going to be seeing a lot of cattle moving here, especially over the next 60 days as calves come off the cow and enter feed yards. In this article, you highlight the importance of good quality assurance uh, prior to cattle getting on the truck at arrival. Walk through with us some of the principles that we need to be aware of around recommendations for shipping cattle. Uh, how can we do that in a way that minimizes stress? and best preps those animals to arrive at the feed yard in good condition to go ahead and go on feed? Yeah, Aaron, uh, that's a really great question and a great topic to talk about. Um, so, you know, when we're transporting cattle, it that's one of the most stressful times in an animal's life. You know, we always talk about how birth, weaning, and then transportation is one of the most stressful times. And so when we're shipping cattle, we want to try to eliminate as much as that of that stress as we possibly can. Um, when we think about some of our calves who was born on pasture, hadn't been on a truck yet, and this might be their first ride, right, going somewhere. And so uh, a shock to them, a shock to their system. And, and when they show up to the feed yard, the last thing we want to happen is uh, them to kind of fall off the wagon or, or get sick um, from any immune challenges that they might meet. And, and we can help them out by making transportation as less stressful as possible. Um, so some good practices that uh, be aware of is, you know, how far are these animals going to go and making sure that if they're going for a long distance that we're making sure they have plenty of feed in front of them prior to getting on the truck. Uh, that way it kind of holds them over until they arrive to the feed yard uh, or their next destination for their next meal. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Also, the weather, you know, the weather can really play a, a role in this. And, you know, we're in October now uh, out here in the panhandle, typically where we are, we've seen our first frost and a lot of cooler weather uh, coming our way. But we're still getting up into the 90s right now. And, and when that happens, it can be a lot of stress on those animals as well when we're putting them on the truck. Um, so typically when we're we're seeing a little warmer, we talk about reducing the density of our load. That way we're still getting plenty of airflow through there, cooler temps on the trailer, essentially for those animals. So we're not uh, having any unnecessary heat stress for those animals. Um, so those are just a couple uh, major things that I would look at. Um, other things would also be the, the fitness for transport. And so what we're looking at is, is that animal able to withstand the rigors of transport? Cause it is really rigorous to their system. And so we're trying to evaluate their body condition score, the, the mobility score, and their health status. And so BQA guidelines has a, a guideline around mobility score. You know, it's a it's a four-point system. So mobility of one and two, there's no issues. We can load those animals and send them on down the road. It's when we get to the mobility score of three, and that's when those animals um, might have some kind of mobility issue that's causing them to fall behind the herd. We see an obvious stiffness, obvious limp. Um, and so we would call those animals compromised. And so we would try to 
load those animals last on the trailer so that they're the first ones to come off, essentially. It also try to, if we can, segregating them from the larger compartments to where they're only on with a few other animals, where if they do get bumped around, the likelihood of them going down isn't really that great. Um, and then a mobility score for those are animals that are definitely, you know, compromised and that they're statue-like. They don't really want to move even when encouraged. And so those are the animals we don't want to transport. When it comes to body condition scoring, um, you know, we all know the beef body condition scoring of one to nine. And it's it's fairly easy when it comes to transportation that we don't want to transport anything that's a two or less on the beef body condition uh, score scale. And that's just because, you know, it takes a lot of energy for those animals to kind of balance themselves on the trailer when they're moving down the road. And so if they don't have a lot of energy because their body condition score is, is rather low um, or their status is low, uh, the likelihood of them going down on the truck is greater. And so that's why we talk about if we can just hold that animal back a little longer, give it some more groceries to get their condition up. Um, before we transport that animal. So those are the things that uh, I ask producers to consider before they transport their animals. One of the things you mentioned in the article that I thought was pretty interesting was the average mile that cattle are hauled, or I should say average miles that cattle are hauled uh, from their beginning destination point till they arrive at a feed yard. And just go into some depth there. I think sometimes maybe we don't realize how many miles a lot of these cattle travel. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. We're actually about to start some research here at the Panhandle Center real soon where our feed yard specialist, Pablo Loza, is about to get some cattle out of Mississippi. And we were talking about the math behind it on how long they'll be on the truck, and they're going to be on the truck for close to 20 hours from where he's getting them from. And so, you know, when you do the math on the mileage of that, we do have cattle that are traveling long distances, especially when we're getting cattle out of the southeast which sometimes we do here in Nebraska, that, that does occur. And so when those animals are going to be on the truck for those long extended periods of time, you know, it can be kind of hard on them. Not only is it hard on the driver that's driving them, but it's hard on those animals as well. And so if we're able to do what we can to make the trip easier on them, you know, we talk about trying to stop less often as possible so that we don't have them lingering on the truck for extended periods of time for no reason that we're not moving, which there are guidelines around transportation uh, for the driver um, even. And so that's where we really got to be paying attention to the legal factor of it um, when we're transporting cattle. And so, uh, yeah, we do have cattle that are traveling on long distances and whatever we can do as producers or livestock haulers to try to reduce that stress on those animals as they're taking those extended trips. Talk a little bit about receiving those kind of cattle that have been on a long haul. What are some good management practices from a BQA standpoint once they arrive at their destination and get off the truck? You know, that's a, that's a really great question and a topic that's often talked about. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, it used to be talked as soon as those animals come off the truck, we need to be processing them. We need to uh, immediately run them through the chute and get them to their home pen as soon as possible. However, you know, we've had some research come out that kind of shows that maybe that's not the best idea because those animals just went through a stressful period, their body's out of whack a little bit. And so if we're vaccinating them, essentially putting them up against an immune challenge, they might not have the response we want them to have. And so that's where we might see some, so a little bit more morbidity in our animals. And so allowing them to just have a break, have about a 
48 hour cooling period where they're just getting long stemmed hay in the bunk. They're getting fresh water, you know, trying to get their system kind of reset uh, before we process them and put them through those immune challenges of the vaccines that they might be receiving. Um, so those are some of the things that we kind of discuss in BQA, uh, just allowing those animals to have a good recovery period uh, before we start processing them. Talk a little about the certification for BQA. We mentioned people driving truck, hauling cattle. There is a transport BQA in addition to a producer BQA. Just walk through us a little bit about the details of how you get certified. Give us some more information on that. Yeah. So for our farmers and ranchers out there, you know, typically we always cover transportation in the regular BQA certification. Um, and so they get to see a lot of that material. Now, something that came out in about 2018 is the Beef Quality Assurance Transportation Program. Um, it kind of replaced the master transportation program that we had. And the reason we did this is because of some of the issues, mainly from fed cattle that we were kind of seeing at the beef packing plant. And, and we were kind of asked from industry stakeholders if we could do some more training geared towards our transporters. And so it kind of started there. However, we know that there's also a need for the transporters that are getting our calves, our feeder calves um, from point A to point B with point B being the feed yard. And so we just kind of put together a program of things that they should consider and be aware of. And, and it's not like we're trying to tell the transporter what to do. You know, a lot of these guys have been doing it for over 30 years um, of the transporters that I've met. However, I've had those guys come up to me after a training and say, you know, I really never thought about that. And, and now that you've kind of mentioned it, it makes a lot of sense. And we're going to practice that. And we've actually seen transportation companies across the industry have a, a really good response to BQAT and the, and the program and uptake of the program and implementing those practices. And some of those practices even fall back to, to loading those animals, something they've done countless times. But when we've really brought in the animal behavior aspect of it and how they could read the animal's behavior or use their natural instincts to load those animals, to benefit them in loading those animals, it, it really opens their eyes to, hey, if we did it this way, these animals will load a lot easier and we won't have as much stress on us loading them or the animal loading them. And those transporters will actually communicate that message back to either the, the farmer rancher that at the cow-calf operation that are raising those animals and say, hey, if we change your loading facilities around a little bit, this would go so much easier. And, and you know, we hear positive stories back from that happening. So to um, that's kind of the stuff we talk about in the BQAT program is just basic things around animal handling, biosecurity, fitness for transport, pre-trip planning, loading and unloading, you know, things like that. And so it's pretty easy to get BQAT certified. Um, you can attend an in-person training. We actually have some coming up in the month of October and December, and we're working on our 2023 schedule right now across the state of Nebraska, and we hope to release that soon. But we know for transporters, it's sometimes hard for them to make it to an in-person training because they are always busy out on the road. And so during their downtime, let's say they're waiting to load or, you know, they, they have to take so long off the road um, anyways because of legal requirements, um, they can get BQAT certified online. And so we have those BQAT modules located at BQA.org. And so they can go on there 
and complete those modules at their own pace. So they can complete, let's say, 15 to 30 minutes of modules and then uh, leave and come back and finish at a later time if they need to. So it's a really good option having that online option for transporters if they need it. Just anything else on this topic as you think about the fall run and the major movement of cattle this time of year? Yeah, you know, I, I just want to remind producers um, that might be transporting their own cattle or our professional haulers out there that you need to consider that your bumper pull trailer, your gooseneck trailer, or your cattle pot is a giant billboard for the beef industry. And typically you're out there in the public's eye where everyone can see you, even those that are not familiar with uh, livestock transportation. And so it's up to us to make sure we shed a positive light uh, on transportation of those animals. And that, you know, a lot goes into that, not only our driving, but also the condition of those animals that are loaded on the trailer, our activity when we're loading those animals, being aware of, you know, we live in the day of an age now that everyone has a camera in their hand. And so it's no longer, it's a he said, she said, when they might record something um, that might look negative towards the industry. We see a lot of these videos coming out uh, more often, especially with uh, transporters and cattle pots being involved in it. And so uh, we're making sure we're doing our part um, by pushing that BQA transportation message uh, to our cattle haulers on how they can respond and how when they participate in the program, they can look back and tell the unaware consumer of, you know, when I transport animals, I'm implementing the best management practices from the Beef Quality Assurance Transportation Program to ensure that animal welfare is the most considered thing when we transport these animals and also uh, safety of other uh, drivers and, and bystanders out on the roadway when we transport cattle across the nation. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. It was great to be here. Well, for more information on the Beef Quality Assurance Program in Nebraska, you can go to bqa.unl.edu. Again, Jesse Fulton is the director of the Nebraska Beef Quality Assurance Program, and his contact information is at that website.